Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, indeed. Let's go hour number two on a Tuesday. All you can do is congratulate those Bulldogs today. Georgia wins and wins big. Uh, we'll get you the final AP rankings. Also, what that 12-team playoff would have looked like, in case you had forgotten that. We'll get into the Hall of Fame class of 2023 as well. Somebody texted in, Minnesota won three in a row. Locksmith Ryan, thank in you. In the 30s. In the 30s, 34 to 36. I don't know if that was the last time. I haven't double-checked that yet, but it may be. Georgia obviously going for three in a row. Uh, by the way, congrats to the AP voters all 63 of them gave Georgia their first place vote. Well done. Nobody went silly. Smart guys. Nobody got weird. No Bama fans said, you know, on a neutral field. Actually, sorry, <laughs> he wouldn't sound like that. He would sound like, you know, on a neutral field, I think Alabama. All right, sit down, calm down. <laughs> uh, Georgia, TCU, Michigan, Ohio State, Bama, your top five to round it out. Tennessee sitting at number six. And as we roll down, if you're wondering, K-State finished 14th in the country and hey look at there the Longhorns finished ranked sneaking up to 25 with that eight and five record Texas and South Carolina the two teams with five losses that are ranked South Carolina is 23rd but remember those aren't the rankings you would use to find who would have been in the playoff we got to go back to the week 15 rankings for that so if we'd had the expanded playoff this year and gone by the last week of rankings it would have been Washington at Alabama in the first round, it would have been uh, Penn State at Tennessee. Oh, I like that. That that feels feels good. Classic uniforms, two classic teams. USC would have gone to Clemson. That's, mm, that's, that's a, little, a little matchup there. That's spicy. Cade Klubnick against Caleb Williams. And how about this one, Zay? This would have been a head cracker. The 8-9 game, Kansas State at Utah. What? <laughs> that would have been a football game. And then, of course, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State would have waited for their opponents. The 12-team playoff is on the way. So technically, the only difference there, that's if you just go on the rankings. Now, the highest-ranked G5 champion would have been that Tulane team. So I guess you'd have to fit them in somewhere, and somebody from 9 to 12 would get kicked out. I guess. But Kansas State would have been a conference champion, so they're in. USC might be the one to get kicked out because they didn't win their conference. And wa- and obviously Washington wouldn't have won theirs. Maybe they're the ones that get kicked out. Yeah, it's probably Washington. Probably Tulane into that 12 spot, and then Tulane goes to Alabama. That would feel about right yeah. ter- in terms of what we saw. So, Yo, Tajay Spears from Tulane, he had like 200 yards against USC at Jerry World. A couple weeks ago. That was such a crazy comeback. He was running all over those boys. It was so good, man. That was an incredible comeback. It was it 30, 35 20. 
and they reeled them in. Uh, that was that was wild. So that's what the final rankings look like. Georgia gets the win, and we have also been asking you. Uh, threw it out in the crap bag after a 58-point win for Georgia. What are your favorite and least favorite blowouts for your college? Could be any, really any football team. As a Cowboys fan, there's a 44-6 Eagles win. I do not want to remember, but I can't forget what it. What year was that? Oh, it was in the Romo era. That was Man. rough. Longhorn fans uh, bringing up one I had forgotten about, but I was there for this one. Route 66, UCLA, Yikes. 66-3. Somebody says left at halftime. Um. Yeah. Uh, somebody says I was at the '96 or '97 blowout of A and M at DKR and the '05 Big Twelve title game. '05 Big Twelve title game has definitely been brought up. The '70 to three. Yeah. I just uh, called that the Joel Clatt game. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Poor Joel. Still probably <laughs> aching from that game. Yeah. Um. Wow. Somebody- One that I remember, Chad. That's not a Cotton Bowl game. Okay. Charlie Strong. When they went up to Fort Worth one year and got beat like 50, oh, to, 50 seven. to 7, 50 yeah, to 14, something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great one to bring up because that's about at until, actually, including this year, because that's not what this TCU offense is all about. That TCU offense back then when you had. Uh, Turpin was on that offense. Oh, yes. Turpin would have been a part of it, but. With his muffin ass. Meacham and Cumby, those guys running yeah. that offense. With uh, Trayvon Boykin at quarterback, mm-hmm. that's about as well oiled as they ever looked to me. That day, they took Texas apart. That was brutal. That's a rough one. Yeah, that is an absolute rough one. Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl still hurts to think about it. Yeah, I can understand that. If you're a Broncos fan, yeah, that's still weird to me. Remember that one? Like Peyton Manning. Why? With the season he had, didn't he have like 55 touchdowns thrown that year, breaking records and. Yeah, to have the game that he played that day. I get it if you're a Broncos fan. Yep, somebody says the rankings is not how the playoff will be done. Yeah, we know that exactly. We're just kind of going off of the 12 just to give you an idea of what that is. Somebody says Tiger at the Masters in 97. Never again, probably. One of the largest blowouts we've ever seen. That's one that's not football, but yeah. It was, big it was like 12 strokes? Uh, yes, a 12-stroke victory is correct. Uh, Cowboys over Buffalo in the Super Bowl. That was one of my favorites of all time. What was the score to that one? I was young. 52-17, I believe. Damn, Jim Kelly. Yeah, that was good stuff. The second one, <laughs> second one over the Bills was closer, but the, that day, that's as confident as Jimmy Johnson ever was about one of his teams. He knew they were going to win. He told everybody they were going to win. That's when he called in radio, TV, and everything, and he said, you can print it in three-inch three high letters. Damn, Jimmy did them like that? Can you imagine if somebody said that nowadays? That'd be bonkers. He said you can print it in, I think he said three-inch high letters. He was so confident they were going to win that game. He wasn't afraid of Thurman Thomas or nobody? Nope. He was Andre Reid wasn't scared of him at all? He was certain they were going to win, and Damn. then they did. And it should have been by more if the Leon Lett play didn't happen the way it did. <laughs> if Leon gets that in the end zone, they'd have had the all-time record of blowout in a Super Bowl. That one I think still belongs to San Francisco over Denver, which was 55-10. I think that's still the biggest blowout in the history of the Super Bowl. Okay. It's 55 points. Which, sorry, 45 points, 55-10. Montana just thrashed Elway. I mean, that was a beatdown. So uh, let us know. Some of those uh, blowouts that stick out, this one is always going to stick out now. I don't know who gets close, if anybody gets close. Georgia with a truly unique victory last night. Not just the back-to-back, but to win it like that, to be undefeated, and to leave, no doubt. Duggan goes into the – 
into the end zone, and it's 10-7, and you're thinking, okay. There we go. Let's see. Who scores next is going to be really big. If it could have gone to 14-10, maybe you get a little bit of, uh, you know, you feel like you might have a ball game. After that, it just was stomp, 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 and the dogs would not quit. Uh, I asked you during a break, Zay, what was the score when you knew it was over, when you knew TCU had no chance? I think we were about in the same area when – can't, I can't remember who the touchdown was. Was this another Stetson Bennett run, maybe? But when they scored to make it twenty four seven, I knew it was over. Yeah, no chance. At that yeah, point. I haven't been able to keep up with the touchdowns in order because they were scoring on every play. Yeah, no, like I know Bowers. I know he got one. Stetson Bennett ran two. McKinney, whatever his name is, he got one. Like everybody was eating last night. It was a full buffet on Sunday Dykes team. It was. And it was brutal but lovely to watch. I'll- As a football fan, it was a tough game. Like, I need the national championship to be way more competitive than that. But as a Texas fan, beautiful game. Yeah, And like we talked about earlier, that is also going to happen when when you're laying out a playoff system. Sometimes you're going to have blowouts. Uh, You just hope it could be a little bit closer than that. But uh, 65-7. By the way, credit to one of our own here. I heard B&E this morning as I'm driving in. Our man Ty, Ty Henderson, producer of B&E, he texted Bucky and Aaron, after two drives and said this could get ugly. <laughs> two drives. Three and out for TCU and Georgia just stomping right down at 7 nothing. So that's when he knew. Yeah. I wasn't quite ready to declare it then, but you could feel after the – I honestly, at 10 nothing, I had the feeling of, uh-oh, this is rough. But then that long pass play and the touchdown calmed it a little bit. And then uh, Georgia just got after it. So we're continuing to talk about the dogs today. We are talking about um, we are talking about the um, you know the, the not only the team but the history of it and your favorite and least favorite blowouts in college football. See this texter to me is not quite getting what we're seeing. This says I hope everyone shouting for expanded playoffs is excited for more blowouts like this. No 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 not excited for the blowouts. Excited for the truth. Yeah. That's what I'm excited about. I want the truth. If the truth is 40 to 7, the truth is 40 to 7. But a team like TCU didn't need to be out. Just like a team like Bama, I think, needed to be in a discussion. Plus, we need to go back and fix the schedules from the very beginning. We'll get to all of that. I just want the truth. That's what we're going to get with the NFL. We get blowouts in the NFL, but we also get the truth. And by the end of it, we get the best team. And I'll also argue, Zay, if a badass Georgia team like this, I think they're more badass because they had to play an extra game. And if they had to play another one in this next system, they'll be even more badass in my eyes if they have to win a quarter, a semi, and a final. I'll think more of them. I just will. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Will the top four teams have to play when it goes 12? Will they have to play three? They won't. Well, yeah, you'll play. You'll play. Yeah, because it's a 12-team playoff. So they'll 12-team playoff. The four will wait. The other eight will play. That'll give you four. And then you'll have eight left. The four, okay. the four that were waiting and the four that win. So then at that point, you got eight. So that's a quarterfinal. There we go. That's one. The semi Damn. would be two. Yeah, that's the gonna final be would tough. be three. That's going to be tough. You're not one of those four teams to play all those games in that little span. Back to back to back weeks playing yeah. that high level football. That's going to be tough. And but. if one team actually wins four in a row to win a natty, well, I'm more impressed with them too. Yeah, that'd be insane. 
I, I'm with you. It would definitely tell the truth because if it were this year, then we might see an Alabama-TCU matchup right. early on before TCU had the chance to even get to the national championship. Yeah, again, how about that? I mean, there's certain teams that you would just look at, and if they're in there, you might want to see what they would look like. That Tennessee team? You're telling me that Tennessee team could make no noise in the playoffs? I know the quarterback was hurt. They still look pretty good yeah. against Clemson. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that all works out. Uh, the other thing we know now is the college football Hall of Fame class for 2023. Let's go ahead and start with the Longhorn on the list. Congratulations to the great Derek Johnson, uh, linebacker, of course, from 01 to 04 for Texas. He is a Hall of Famer now, Zay. Incredible. Uh, the career at Texas, obviously stellar, but then he goes on to be I believe still the leading tackler in the history of the Chiefs. I think that's wow. I think it's still Derek Johnson on top of that list. I know he was when he retired, but Derek Johnson is a college football Hall of Famer. They're going to acknowledge all these guys, by the way, coming up in December. So congrats to him. Uh, it's an impressive list, and uh, Derek Johnson, the one Longhorn going in this year. Yeah, absolutely love DJ. When I think of number 11, I think of him first. I mean, I know a lot of people do Ricky, but I think of 34 when I think of more Ricky his senior year. But DJ was an absolute monster, and I still feel bad that he didn't get an extra year so he could be a part of that 05 national championship Mm. team. He left a year prior. He was a part of that big-time team that won in the Rose Bowl against Michigan. But he was all over the place, and he, he would light you up. He had great hands. It seemed like he was always in the right spot whenever he went out and covered guys. And he was so much faster than people, you know, give him credit for. You couldn't take advantage of him as a tight end. It wasn't like one of those, okay, we got a running back slash tight end. Let's try to take advantage of uh, Derek Johnson. You couldn't. Yep. You couldn't. He was that good at covering guys, and then he would also make tackles, and he would make tackles with emphasis, too. He would hit hard, and, yeah, he's definitely well-deserving. Sure, he might should have got in earlier to me. Yeah, I think he, I definitely think he should have. Again, there's, there's weird politics and timing that they have with this uh, College Football Hall of Fame uh, where guys get in. I thought Ricky Williams got in way later than he should yeah, have. Yeah, what? They waited around. But sometimes I don't think they want to put you know, a bunch of guys in from one school. They try to you know, space that out. And plus, if you look at the list, you don't see any guys currently playing in the NFL that are on the list. Yeah, that's the other thing. They'll try to wait for that wait for as your well. retire. Yeah, they kind of wait for that. Uh, by the way, I know everybody wants to call it the peanut punch, but I will also give Derek Johnson credit. He practically invented for me the like linebacker punch the ball out while the play's going on. It was incredible the way he developed that thing. He had that one in the Texas OU game that tr- seemed to travel 20 yards when he punched it out. Some of the other big names, uh, I mentioned the Magic Man. For me, that's Tim Tebow. There's just something magical about that dude. I know a lot of people hate him, but man, in college, he was awesome. Uh, he is now a college football Hall of Famer, two national titles for Tebow. Um, Bryant McKinney, badass offensive lineman from Miami, should have been in the day after he stopped playing. Brian McKinney is a badass, but I get it. They want to let a a career play out. That's cool. Uh, That name definitely jumped out to me. Um, We mentioned Dwight Freeney earlier. He is in the standout Syracuse player. Eric Berry, legendary uh, defensive back out of Tennessee, one of the best safeties we've ever seen play, should have been in. Uh, I heard the afternoon guys mention this. Michael Bishop got in. 
The Man. Kansas State quarterback, 97-98, uh, was on a couple really good teams there. And say what you will about him and the Heisman and all the controversy, Reggie Bush is a college football Hall of Famer. Not even close. No doubt, and congrats to him for getting in. That dude was about as fun to watch as anybody that's ever played the game. Yeah, that's why B. John Robinson wore number five. For yeah. Reggie Bush, that's who we looked up to. His grandpops refed him and, you know, being a Pac-12 ref. So being out in that part of the area, Arizona, for B. John Robinson, he looked up to Reggie Bush, and a lot of guys did around this area. He was a magician with the rock, one one of those guys that could take it from one side, and you'd be like, no, Reggie, no. You know, he looks like he'll lose 10 yards right. and end up getting the 80-yard gain. He was ridiculous, and I still thank him for that horrible pitch that he had in the national championship game for trying to do a little bit too much good looking uh, out Reggie good go. looking out because if they would have kept that ball who knows oh, if the Horns yeah. would have won it that game that's a fair point to bring up um, by the way we've heard the name Troy Vincent a lot lately because of NFL stuff and uh, the the whole DeMar Hamlin story and they were trying to figure it out from the player side of it Troy Vincent becomes a college football Hall of Famer Wisconsin is the old school I'd forgotten that but Troy is in and Zay, maybe my favorite name for a linebacker ever gets in the Hall of Fame, Michael Stonebreaker from Notre Dame. Man. That may be the greatest linebacker name of my lifetime. Uh, Back in the late 80s, early 90s, Michael Stonebreaker. He had the name for the part, and he certainly played the part. He was a badass back in the day. Congrats to all those guys. We won't read every single name here. Those are the ones that really jumped out to me. Um, Luke uh, Keefley jumps out to me. Luke Keekley? I yeah. love Luke Keekley. From Boston College, um, yeah. With the Carolina Panthers. I thought he I thought he hung him up too soon, but hey, he understands CTE and what goes on with these NFL players. The longer you play, the more at risk you are. So I get not playing. He's one of those like Megatron, like Barry Sanders, and he knew even though he might be a Hall of Famer in the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame, he got out early, and I get it. Another one I was a little surprised to see, but he did have a hell of a run at Memphis. D'Angelo Williams, 02 to 05. D'Angelo, yeah. he, go back and look at those numbers. He put up some stupid numbers <laughs> at Memphis. I get it. I do get it. I wouldn't have thought of it, but I do get it. And uh, there's some names here that, uh, that will make you smile on the College Football Hall of Fame list. So congrats to all those guys. Obviously around here, we'll focus in on Derek Johnson and give big number 11 his love. And in fact, the Ball Don't Lie guys are going to talk to Derek Johnson. And if I'm not mistaken, that is tomorrow 330 they're gonna have Derek Johnson on the show to talk about his induction into the College Football Hall of Fame congrats to uh, old number 11 there uh, getting on the list and the rest of those guys as well again they will mark that class in uh, coming up in December at an event there they do that where is it at the college uh, the at the annual awards dinner on December 5th in Vegas is when that will happen. All right, coming up, we will continue to talk about Georgia and that big win over TCU. Horn Frog fans, you over that one yet? You're probably not listening today, right? 65-7 and just maybe take a day or so. I understand. Up next, the flex segment. We will also talk a little basketball. There's a lot of it going on in high school basketball around the area. Zay's going to be calling one of the games again. It's going to be on TV for you tonight, so we'll tell you where you can hear and see Zay and Roger Wallace and what game they're going to be covering. That is next on The Horn.
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rolling through a Tuesday. Some serious pipes going on there. It's, man, it doesn't exactly sound like Dio, but there's some Dio in that voice. But, oh. Yo, how many groups was this Dio guy in? Oh, a few. There was Dio. There was Ronnie James Dio. There would be Black Sabbath and others. But I'm going to say that's not him. But the only thing I come up with is Sabbath. Scared Warrior. What? Stay away from evil. Scared Warrior? I have no idea who that is. Well done. You found another one I uh, I am not familiar with. Anybody got any Scared Warrior information? Let me know. 1987. That does make me right, though. That's not Dio. It's like there's a Dio quality to that voice, but he's not. that's not him. It's not Ronnie James. I thought maybe it was one of the other guys. Um, there's been a couple others that sang with Sabbath, so I thought I'd maybe throw a guess out there. Scared Warrior. Weird. Scared Warrior? Yeah. Scared Warrior. Why put the word scared in a metal band's name? I don't anyway, know. Little Richard and Joe Walsh uh, all on the show today. We hope you are having a good day. You're probably not having as good a day as Georgia fans are having today. But uh, you're having a better day than TCU fans are having. And uh, we've certainly been talking about that game, 65-7. But also, if you're a Longhorn fan, what did you think? We've had Longhorn fans texting us things today like, oh my God, I don't know if we're ready for the SEC. I don't know if that's the way to say it. I don't know if you're ready for Georgia, but I don't know if anybody is. Again, there's a lot of secrets about the SEC. And I've been telling you one of them for years now. Top absolute top to absolute bottom it's not this scary crazy monster no besides georgia and alabama tennessee had a good season after that where are we at i mean lsu they had a good season brian kelly they're doing some good things there and we all know the recruiting tree in louisiana is thick and all those guys most of the time stay in louisiana end up in baton rouge so there's that but yeah you're right after that and kind of a lot of parody there yeah and again you don't know exactly how it's all going to play out with scheduling and everything but if i was a texas fan watching that game last night i would try to be thinking about who Georgia is, and you're almost trying to lay your program on top of theirs. I think that's a fair comparison when you're talking about big state school. You're the, you're the big state school in, in your state. You've got modern, a modern national title, and now, the, and now this, you know, Georgia's got the back-to-back. You've got fertile recruiting grounds around you, or you're in one. 
and you can build that up. Get four and five stars, win battles against the Alabamas of the world and, and the LSUs of the world. I think Texas can do all those things. So if I'm Texas, I'm watching last night trying to figure out, do we have a Kirby Smart? Do we have a Todd Monken type of play caller? Do we have everything that can come together to get us to that next level. That's how I would have watched that game last night. Yeah, and Todd Munkin and Kirby Smart combined is Steve Sarkeesian for us. I'm not saying that he's on that level, clearly, but we know who called the plays and who's also the head coach. So uh, there's that issue, which we all should know that sometimes could be a problem. Right, because Kirby is doing the same. He's working on the Saban pattern, be the defensive guy yeah. who is the head coach and deals with all those details, but you let somebody else call your offensive plays. That's how they've both done it. And Sark ain't never given that up. And he's not. So yeah, you got to do that the other way. you got to be that offensive guy, and uh, does he think about ever giving the play calling up? We'll you know, you get to that point at maybe at some time, but uh, that's how I would have been looking at that game if I'm Texas. I also saw lots of stuff last night about, um, about the, the, the two quarterbacks in the game especially with Stetson Bennett when he wins it. The fact that he's won a four or five star and all that kind of stuff. That is a, gr- a daggum walk-on. Yeah, it's a great thing to bring up, and it's a great story. Just don't let it extend to the rest of the team. Don't let that extend to the rest of the team and make you get into the dumb thing people will do and say, well, maybe all these people that do the star ratings don't. No, no, stop. If TCU had won 65-7 last night, or heck, if they'd even won the game 31-30, to you can come in and start talking about that today because a team that's structured exactly like TCU in terms of recruiting and star ratings, they aren't supposed to win a national title. Hell then, no. Then you could have turned your argument around. But don't do it just because Stetson Bennett was a walk-on. His story's awesome. But the players around Stetson Bennett are four- and five-star thick. You be certain of that. Yeah, last year on the Georgia team, they had 15 guys go to the NFL in the draft. All of those 15 guys are gone. They came back. They're going to have about 10 guys this year go to the NFL. So just a little bit less that revolves around Stetson Bennett. And that's kind of the big thing, big difference between the NFL and college football. In the NFL, you need a good quarterback because there's just so much parity around talent with everybody else from team to team. Even the Jaguars, you go look at their talent compared to somebody like the Bills. The huge difference, quarterbacks. So we'll take Buffalo because they got Josh Allen, where you probably wouldn't take Jacksonville because they have Trevor Lawrence. Look at college football. A lot of people will probably take Max Duggan in the NFL. He has a shot. Setson Bennett probably has zero shot. Kirby Smart vouched for him yesterday, and his presser said, yeah, I think he deserves to keep on having a career. He's got to say that. He has to say that. But that's probably in Canada. And I I think Max Duggan's ceiling is a backup if he can pull it off. Yeah, backup. But, yeah, that's a great point. Take a look at these last four teams. Four teams since 90 have gone back-to-back with national titles. You've got Stetson Bennett. You go back to A.J. McCarron, Tommy Frazier, and Matt Leinart. None of of the four did anything in the NFL. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. And Matt Leiner, he probably had the best chance to do something and Mm -hmm. was a dud. Yeah. Uh, but it was it, obviously the, the Bennett story is great, but uh, what Georgia has built is is so impressive. And now, now you just gotta you gotta put them right up there. Uh, there's a different tier, and TCU acknowledged it last night. But it is Bama and Georgia 
at time for a couple years we felt like Clemson was there, but Dabo's not quite living right there now. I think it's those two, and everybody else is trying to fight and claw to get there. That's the respect I'm going to give Kirby, but I'm not going to say what David Pollock did last night, that Georgia has like replaced Alabama absolutely at the top. I think they're right there together. They are the two standards. I'm not going to knock Nick Saban down too far. No, you can't knock him. How many rings Saban got? What, <laughs> six? six? Yeah, you, yeah. Can't, you can't knock him at all. They're yeah. right there with recruiting. You know, We see the recruiting list. It's Alabama, what, one? Georgia, two? Texas, Three. Yep. So, and that's, that's another reason that's I'm ve- excited if I'm yeah, a Texas fan. Yeah, yes. yeah. That's very positive if you're Texas, but you got to put it all together. And you know, when you get guys like Jalen Catalan coming in, hopefully he stays healthy. Hopefully Ryan Watts gets better. We know Christian Jones is coming back another year. The Horns they're getting ten comeback players, all starters on the offensive end, but the Doak Walker Award winner, he won't be here and no longer will uh, Roshan Johnson, so that's an issue, but you would think Cedric Baxter could come in and fill the hole a little bit. Jonathan Brooks, fill that gap a little bit, along with Keelan Robinson. The standard, this coming up season, 2023, Big 12 Championship, or bust. Not just get there, but win it? Yes. Okay. Fair yes. Enough. By the way, TCU is losing a lot this year. Okay. I don't expect Oklahoma to – they'll be better than they were last year, but they won't be, you know, what we saw with those Lincoln-Riley days. Yeah, no one should be in your way with the talent that you got coming back. Year three for Steve Sarkeesian, Big 12 championship or bust. Uh, by the way, my mistake, six national titles at Bama, at seven total. I thought that was right for a second. I knew I'd misspoken there. Six at Bama, seven total. One at LSU, for right? For seven, right. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> seven total. All right, uh, real quick here. Let's get you a flex segment. Zay's got a basketball game to call tonight, and he's going to tell you a little bit about it. Here we go. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, Zay, last week you got a look at the Round Rock Stony Point game. Uh, where are you headed this week? And is it uh, you and Roger on TV again? Yep, me and Roger. We'll, we are back at 7 o'clock, KBVO. We are in Leander checking out Leander Rouse versus Glenn. Okay. Yeah, so Rouse right now, they're sitting at the number two spot of their district, 25-5A. Liberty Hill is leading that. Glenn, on the other hand, they're on the outside looking in on one of those four spots to get in the playoffs. But, yeah, players that I'm looking forward to seeing tonight, JoJo Moore, super athletic, 6'5", will dunk on you if you let him. So you better know where JoJo Moore is on the court. And then Cole Andrews-Hines, he could absolutely fill it up. I think he's averaging around. 17 18 a game he was an all district player last year and yeah on the Glenn side they got Chris Brenham Benham who's averaging around 18 a game so this is a huge game for Glenn if they want to get into the playoff race and if Rouse wants to get up to maybe number one and win a district title they got to take care of their business on the road going against Glenn tonight should be a fun one seven o'clock tonight check out KBVO with Roger Wallace and Zay on the call Rouse 
at Glenn. And as the Flex crew would let you know at FlexATX.com. Right now, if the playoffs started today, District 25-5A, it would be Rouse, Liberty Hill, Cedar Park, and Leander into the playoffs. Like Zay saying, Glenn trying to get themselves into that discussion. So you can go to FLXATX.com for a full list of scheduled games tonight, how the playoffs would roll out, and uh, obviously different uh, you know things have changed around a little bit with that Buta Johnson upset of Westlake. Remember, they take on Lake Travis. Huge game. Big game. Huge game. I wish I could see that one. Hudson Greer out of Lake Travis. Sophomore. A lot of people want him. Four-star player. Texas offered him. Uh, Well, I don't know where the offer stands now because that offer was with Coach Beard. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he's getting looked at from almost everybody in the nation. 6'6", super athletic, can shoot that thing. And he's only a sophomore. He's only going to get better. But we know Buda Johnson with Quentin Hairston and Sam McKinney. I don't think anybody's stopping them right now. They're looking to go undefeated in district and take it in 26-6A. But it should be a good one tonight in Buda. Check out the uh, big matchup there. And again, go to the uh, flexatx.com for the full schedule of games tonight. Boys and girls basketball, lots of uh, local teams in action tonight. Up next, it's where we at in society. Zay will let us know. Coming up at 2, back to those Georgia Bulldogs winning back-to-back. We're talking about what it means for you Longhorn fans. Also, some good news for Longhorn football fans with a transfer. Not just the TCU lost, but the transfer that Texas got. We'll tell you all about it on the Horn. Rolling through a Tuesday, little uh, little goody two shoes. That's right. Make sure they get your good side, good side. Uh, Adamant. That's right. There it is. This is like early to mid '80s, somewhere in there. Adamant. He had his time. Didn't last long, but he had his time. <laughs> and this was massive, dude. This was everywhere. Don't drink, don't smoke. Yeah, Adamant. By the way, Sacred Warrior is the name of that band from earlier. I yeah, knew, I might need to get new glasses. I knew Scared Warrior made no sense. I knew, <laughs> that, I knew that made no sense. Sacred Warrior, that's our bad on that. Little Richard and Joe Walsh. I think we got the pronunciations on those last two. Correct. All right. Uh, as we mentioned, Zay's going to be calling that Rouse and Glenn game tonight with Roger Wallace. That'll be on KBVO at 7 o'clock. Remember, tomorrow night, Texas men against TCU. That is an 8 o'clock start. 8 o'clock tip, 7.30 pregame for you right here on the Horn and over on Coke FM. Texas men coming off the win, trying to do what they didn't do last time they came back from Oklahoma is ride the momentum and get the big home win. They didn't do it against Kansas State, but uh, they're going to try to do it against TCU. And speaking of Kansas State, Zay, am I right in saying it's the last two teams the Longhorns have played playing tonight, Kansas State and Oklahoma State? Do I have that one right? Kansas State and Oklahoma State playing tonight? I think. 
Isn't that true? I don't know. I think it's in Manhattan as well. Okay. Uh, we'll see if Kansas State can keep their uh, their rhythm going, and uh, they are up to number eleven in the country if you're paying attention to college basketball. But I think I'll double check the schedule. But I think that is right for tonight's games. Yeah, Marquise Noel, Big Twelve Player of the Week, easy. Yeah, six o'clock tonight in in Manhattan. Marquise Noel, five foot seven, had thirty eight or thirty six and nine against Texas. Turn around against Baylor, 34 and 14. That's, That's incre- ridiculous. That is. That is incredible. Yeah, that dude is uh that dude is lighting up the Big 12. He is a huge reason why Kansas is, uh, Kansas State is all the way up to number 11 in the country. Last night, of course, Georgia wins their back-to-back uh overall third college football championship, but back-to-back with Stetson Bennett. We uh, will continue to talk about that, the impact around college football that that will have and whether or not Nick Saban actually punched David Pollock in the face last night after they went off the air. We have no reports that that happened, but he looked like that's what he wanted to do. Yeah, I take Saban in that matchup. I think I well, I don't care how young Pollock is. Saban He's a dirty mother sucker. He's, He'd knock your ass he's out. He's got some nastiness to him, that's right. But when David Pollock said that uh, Georgia had taken over the top of Yo, college football, Nick Saban looked like he wanted to throw something. They're going to play that clip in Tuscaloosa every day, yep. spring practice. Play that clip over and over again. Yes, they are. And show tape on Georgia <laughs> and say, hey, this guy and a lot of people think that they're the top dogs now. They've won it back to back. I don't like that. I just signed a big-time contract to win more of these. I'm greedy as hell, and I'm taking Disney money on a way to being greedy, and I have to take that? Uh Hell no. Right. Hell no, coach. Yeah, and they took themselves out of it, too. They took themselves out by losing two games. They didn't even get to play in Atlanta for – the, that opportunity, that's where they would have played Georgia maybe a first time, and then who knows, maybe they get into a playoff as well uh, like we've seen before. But they took themselves out of that with the second loss. So we'll see where all that goes. We'll keep talking college football at 2. We're asking you for your favorite blowouts and least favorite blowouts as a football fan. Could be pro, college, high school, whatever you want. Uh, but I know TCU fans are always going to remember last night. Right now, let's get you where we at in society see what Zay's got for us. Here we go. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, do I need to be checking Twitter? What's going on? Yeah, let's wait on that because we got a little doubleheader, and they both have to do with Georgia blasting the TCU Horn Frogs last night in the national championship game. Okay. So first off, we can't play this because we'll get kicked off air and maybe kicked out the whole entire building. Kirby Smart, his pregame speech somehow is going around social media and Twitter. If you haven't heard it, Chad, I'll show you that during our break. Yeah, I have not. Okay. It is seriously explicit. Nice. But it'll get you riled up. All right. And turned up. And yeah, one of the best speeches I've heard, kind of Augie Garrido like. Oh, uh, I got it. It comes to one of the best pregame speeches I've ever heard. Yeah, okay. All right. Say no more. Now let's move on to this bogus story. Now you can check your Twitter. Okay. Georgia was up so much yesterday, last night's game. That running back, Kendall Milton, went to one of the suites that is on the ground, uh-huh. which is on you know on the field, because SoFi Stadium, they have suites on the field. A lot of these new stadiums do, sure. like the one in Vegas, too. But people have suites on the field, have to be buku money, hella expensive. Right. But they always have really good food. Oh, I would expect, these suites. Yeah. You know, mo- most of the time it's catered or something. Well, yeah. These fools were up by so much last night, Kendall Milton went to one of the suites 
where Georgia folks were and got himself a plate of wings <laughs> during the game <laughs> and took it back to his sideline oh. so him and his teammates could go in on some flats. Oh, wow. Just like they were eating up the Horn Frogs. Um, wow. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you're going to go old man with it or if you're going to be more toward the younger generation and think this is okay. If, boy, there's the... There's a ba- there's a there's a boundary line here. Zay. You're struggling. I am no because there's a boundary line because the 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 first level fan in me says you know you got to have class and you gotta you can't do that kind of stuff during a game. But I watched that game last night and I completely changed the rest of my plans at 24 to seven. He's literally part of what was going on. I think I'm going to have to go modern here and say to the victor, go the spoils. I'm gonna, I may have to go oh. with, if you're a TCU player, that needs to be the very last thing you'd care about after that situation. It's like a celebration on the field. Then tackle them. Stop them. They whipped you. They went to a suite. They were, you're in L.A. They grabbed some wings. Yeah. That's, is that what you're mad about today, TCU? Because you should be mad about getting out-blocked and out-tackled by 58 points. So I would say, you know, as much as – I mean, if I'm his position coach, I would, I might say, man, you hope, better hope Coach Smart doesn't find out about that. <laughs> Something like – you know? <laughs> but that – I mean, I kind of get it, man. They it's, were, it's, it's tough when we're 15-0 and or winning by 50. That's what I'm saying. They were able to – It's tough to say anything to these guys. They started pimp walking late second quarter. Like, they were so focused and so <laughs> – you know, into beating them as badly as they could. This was in the second half, right? I don't know. Okay. That's the other thing. It looks like it. I mean, it, it looks like it. It looks like yeah. all the first team guys were taking out the game, and now you got second and third team, man, and those guys were done. Dude, that's wild. That is, I've never seen anything like I that. Like wings, a plate. Know. Grab a plate of wings. Your helmet's off. Pads are still on. Yeah. You bring it back to your sideline. Remember. And start passing out to offensive linemen. Passing it out to offensive Oh my God. It would have been worse if they got ranch or some blue cheese or something to dip it in. But we people forget Mark Sanchez. Remember him eating the hot dog looking around during his Jets days on the sideline? Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Nobody said anything. What if they'd walked up to Kirby Smart, put an arm around him, and with the other hand said, hey, coach, you want a wing? What would he have done? <laughs> what would Kirby have done? It's a lemon pepper. <laughs> You know those Georgia people, they love them lemon pepper wings, boy. You know I like blue cheese. Did you get blue cheese instead of ranch? What are you doing? You know I like blue cheese. Yo, Georgia, they were so out of pocket yesterday. Kenny McIntosh, the running back, during his, like, presser, he was smoking this cigar, and they asked him, man, Kenny, when was the last time you had a cigar? <laughs> About this time last year? <laughs> <laughs> they were wilding out. But then some of them, yeah, but then some of them were acting like, oh, we expected this. Like, just the way they were acting yesterday, winning from last year, especially guys that came back, they, they were acting like, hey, this is normal. We expected this. Like, yes, yeah, it's fun and stuff. Like, Jalen Carter, nobody looked like they were bouncing off the walls and stuff, like running around. Like, I've seen some serious celebrations. It looked like just a normal day for those Georgia people. Yeah, the worst news for TCU just ends up being the fact that that Georgia was able to get themselves out of that Ohio State game. They've admitted Ohio State prep better. I heard Stetson Bennett say it last night. They were more prepared than we were. The Buckeyes were. And we were able to make the plays to win that game. And once they did, and Kirby was able to get them to just calm down, relax, and go, 
And then, yeah, then the wave just started last night. Hey, they're still lucky. If Marvin Harrison Jr. does not get hurt in that game. Sure, yeah. That could be completely different. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, last night was systematic, man. When they uh, And that's the feeling you had about them all throughout the season. If everything else was equal and everybody played their A game, it probably was, it was boiling down to Georgia. They're not that much better than everybody. They're not 58 points better than everybody. But to me, they were the best team in the country if all of it was rolling. If everybody rolled at the level that they can, it felt like Georgia still had that extra level with the leadership of Bennett and with that defense, the way they could play. And they absolutely showed it last night. That was, that was just so impressive. Mm, Setson Bennett, he a country son of a gun, too. He got that country Georgia twang. I don't know what part yeah, of Georgia he's from, but he got that twang. He mentioned two little towns last night. Yeah, I've never heard of them. Nope, me either. <laughs> Two little bitty towns. And you can tell. He named one little town and then he named a second town. Yeah, I'm going to say blah, too. I got to shout them out. I got to shout them out. Why? Because if I didn't, it'd only be one stoplight. And if I shout them out, it's two. (laughs) I mean, it it really felt like two little communities he was talking about there. But shout out to those little Georgia communities and the big ones and everything going on in Bulldog land because that is the standard right now in college football. Back-to-back for Georgia. First time anybody's done that in the CFP era, and they do it historically. 65-7. Nobody has ever won a bowl game by 58, much less the title game by 58. But now Georgia has that moniker to carry around. We'll talk more about the dogs and what they did, what it means for folks around here that like the Longhorns and everybody else in college football, plus some good news for you Texas Longhorn fans. Hall of Fame-wise, 